Hey everyone, I'm Joe. And I'm Jamil. And we're Brothers Who Teach. Welcome everyone to episode 34 of Brothers Who Teach. Jamil, here we are again. How was your week? Uh, My week was good and I was uh, on duty Friday night. I had to take some of the boys to the pinball museum. So I got to do some uh, arcade playing Friday night. Sometimes this job can be pretty tough, you know, just play games for a couple of hours and then get pizza. Did you, uh, did you listen to the who on the way over there? No, I, I had it playing in the back of my head though. Yes. Yeah. How was your weekend or week? Uh, week was good. I had my first week of tennis practice. Yeah. Uh, I, I cut my team down to 12 kids. I, I didn't know if I was going to have to make cuts or not, but I cut it down to 12 cause it's, it's only me and we only have three courts. So yeah. 12 seemed like a good number. Yeah. And I, I like what our team is going to do. It's definitely going to be a, a building year, but okay. everybody seems to be like good athletes and they've just in the four or five days that we've been practicing, they've picked up a few things and they've been getting better. So if that trajectory keeps up, who knows? So this is the first part of your teaching year that you have after school sports that you personally have to do. Yeah, I was doing uh, middle school soccer in the fall. Oh, okay. But those practices, but middle school only practices Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Nice. And the upper school practices, what I'm doing now, they actually start at four. They go from four okay. to five thirty, so that teachers can still be available to help kids yeah. for a little bit. And and how was that so far as as far as time management? It's it's going okay. The now the the days when I have practice and I'm on duty yeah. for the house, those are those are pretty long days. Yeah. But um yeah. I feel like I get about an hour to myself between practice being done and uh being back on duty. But it's it's only uh once or twice a week, so yeah. I'll manage. But that ties in nicely to our topic for today, which is generally about money but we'll get into what we're getting paid per hour and what that looks like on those long days when you're having to work in the evenings as well but yeah this is the money episode so we're going to talk about kind of the financial part of teaching the benefits and where it's a a nice job to have for the benefits and where it's maybe not as great as as some other jobs as far as may, maybe like the the bottom line number is concerned. But Joe, how would you respond to the question are teachers underpaid? Just zoomed out, how would you answer that question? In the general form nationwide, I think I would say yes. Yes, teachers are underpaid. Um personally, I feel like I have a pretty cushy situation. But there are people in in much, much more difficult situations where, especially relative to where they are in the country, what the price of living is, uh, teaching is not enough to make a good living. Yeah. The situation you think thing you mentioned is an interesting factor where, you know, the again, the raw number of your salary might not be super high, 
But if you're teaching, you know, small class sizes and it's a general, generally enjoyable environment, I think you could say it's a cushy job in, in the sense of like, there's not a lot of stress that's caused, even though the pay might not be as high as it maybe should be. And, right. and, you, I mean, and, like, and you're okay with it because you still enjoy what you're doing. Right. I, I probably won't go into the numbers too much, but like the first couple of years I was teaching, I was making about $35,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And that was in Indi- rural Indiana where I had roommates, I had people that I knew. And that made, and, and I was fine living on that. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't have a family to feed. I didn't have a spouse, nothing like that. I could live pretty minimally and yeah. everything was fine. Now, if I was in New York by myself and I had to find a place to stay on my own, like that salary is not enough. And, and sure. of course you get compensated more for teaching in, in bigger cities than yeah. in Indiana, but but yeah, a, a dollar stretches a lot further depending on where you are in the country. Yeah, and your life situation. I think even in Indiana, with what you're describing, if you had a family and your wife wasn't working, like that all of a sudden is not a huge salary. And you think about like the older teachers that are at your school, like that's a, you know, that can be a potentially, life could be potentially stressful or the the numbers can be kind of tight depending on those situations. Absolutely. Now, do you want to talk about the situations that we're in right now and what that looks like? Yeah, let's first maybe describe our our packages in a, at least a general sense and then we can get into where that seems like sufficient or even better than sufficient and where maybe it seems like it could be lacking a little bit. Sure. So currently, yeah, like like we said, we're we're both teaching at private schools. And the school I'm at actually offered us school housing, which is a three-minute walk away from the school. Yeah. So right there, you've taken away basically your travel expenses and your housing expenses which those two perks like whatever your salary is it's it's worth being at this school yeah um so yeah the the perks definitely make up for whatever the salary might not be depending on your situation but at, on that note if housing was not in the equation at all your current salary you don't have to say what it is but that wouldn't be sufficient for living in Boston, or it would make it, it, it would much make tougher. it it would make it tough to find a an apartment because because most places when you're when you're looking for an apartment, your salary should be four times wow. what uh, what rent is, right? And and a lot of leases won't even look to to give you give you a lease if if you're not making four times the amount what rent is a month right so if rent is let's say two thousand that means you're expected to be bringing in eight thousand a month which eight thousand eight thousand a month i might have that wrong it might be just three times three well let's say three so that's that's six thousand so that's assuming you're making a 
your salary is 72,000, which yeah. again, I, I won't go too specific, but I've never seen that number offered to a, to a teacher, at least not, not in their first 10 years. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But yeah, so, so it's huge that they, that they have that housing thing for you. And I don't know if you even know this, like are, are, there are teachers at the school who don't have that housing. And do you know if like their salaries then are bigger because of that? Well, it's, it's an ongoing conversation <laughs> yeah. that is being had at, uh, at our school. Uh, I, I heard one teacher said that our business model should not be based on miracles because we have <laughs> like, it is, it is a, uh, it is a religious school and we have been very, very fortunate with some of the ways that the school came to be. Okay. But yes, they, they have said our, our business model should not be based on miracles. Fortunately, pretty much, pretty much everyone that works at the school is married and their spouses are doing pretty impressive things. It, it is yeah. kind of wild how yeah. that is the case. So, um, we, we are able to supplement maybe the, the lower paying salaries with our spouses. Yeah. Thus, uh, making very, very good yeah. picks in our, in our spouses. <laughs> yeah. And I think to, to the, the question, it's a tough one because if you're working in the house that the school is providing, you could look at that as, oh, well, they're providing housing. We don't need to compensate them financially any more than that. But the flip side is, well, they're working in that house. They're taking care of the students that are living in that house. They should be compensated. I mean, the fact that they live there is nice, but they should also be financially compensated for the actual work they're doing within that place. Yeah, I mean, like if you think back to college, now college is much more bigger scale, but there are people whose their their only job is to look after the dorms. Yes. So I mean, yeah, I'm I'm only looking after five kids, but um there's still a lot of work that that goes into that. And it does feel like like a pretty hefty load. And there are days where it just it can be a bit overwhelming. So yeah, yeah that that compensation maybe not in the form of money but and the perks definitely seem worth it let's round out the rest of your your package um benefits as far as retirement and or insurance uh so the school does offer the school i'm at does offer insurance uh we we actually found that the package for my wife's work is yeah. better so we're on hers okay uh retirement they will match anything that we put i think it's up to five thousand dollars okay every year yeah uh bta will will match that nice and then the big one that we'll go a little further into is do you have any obligations in the summer if i want to no right okay um i now there are some things that i want to be involved in and helping develop the athletic program yeah a little bit this year and with my proximity to the school it, it just seems like a natural thing to do. It'll get me out of the house. Um, I'll be super close to the, to the environment and, and I can get the kids in the gym and really working on things because there are sports that need to be developed. And if we can have a solid athletic program matched with the high level academic program yeah. at our school, I think it'll take our, take our school to the next level. Cool. But, but yeah, so you can do that on, 
like not volunteer voluntarily you'll get paid but if you want you can have the summer off yes yeah yeah that's great so for me uh, a lot of similar things i i no longer live in the dorm but when i did i that that was free housing for Asheville, which was a big bonus as well um we had to do kind of some negotiations when i moved off campus and that's a different story for a different time but basically they they kind of met me halfway and they they kind of increased my salary while take while not fully compensating me for how much it costs to live off campus the re- retirement is really good they they have a, a good match um where they actually put in a little bit more than what i put in um depending on the oh. amounts and then yeah summers summers are off uh, completely so uh, I really enjoy that. And then our cafeteria is doesn't run year round, but whenever school is in session, that's fully available as well, regardless of if you're, you know, like on a weekend, in theory, I could drive to school from my house and eat there. It doesn't I, It's not only for the people that live on campus. Hmm. So the 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 board is still there for me, if if not the room anymore. so if if you wanted to have a cheap date night, Oh yeah. You you and Amy could go to the cafeteria? Yeah, we could even walk to the school from our house. Uh it's we have to go through the woods a little bit, but yeah, it's walkable and uh we could yeah, we could eat on the on the school's budget so to speak. So you could. Have you gone on a cheap date night? We we do that a lot on the weekdays, especially with Amy driving to and from work having a longer distance to go especially if I have tennis going on and neither of us is able to cook up the meal, we'll just say, Hey, you know, tonight we're going to just eat at Christ school. And so she'll just meet me there and we'll have dinner there. We do that close to once a week. Yeah. So we've, we're, we're in pretty good situations when, uh, when you consider all, all things. Right. Yeah. Not, not every compensation package for teachers is like this. So I think we covered Would would you still say, I mean, I think we would say we wouldn't mind if our salaries were higher. Um, would we say we're being we're underpaid in our current jobs compared to other teachers? I think you're right. No, I don't, I don't think we are. No. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely. Only in the sense of like all teachers should get to be paid a little bit more for what they do. Maybe yes. And actually, we're going to talk about the flip side here in a second. And there might be an argument to be made that per hour, when we're in the thick of it, you know. It might be a little bit under, but let's let's think about that too. All right. So yeah, now we're gonna flip the coin, see if uh we can make an argument that teachers are underpaid. Yes. All right. Point number one. Uh the amount of work that teachers have to do outside of the school day. Yeah, and this is this is kind of a two-parter. One is I think you can speak to this, Joe, is like at working at the public school. You maybe didn't have any official obligations after whatever, three o'clock or three thirty, but the nature of the job, the grading you had to do, the prep you had to do, maybe your own desire to meet with a student or something, you were gonna work beyond eight to three thirty or whatever the official schedule was. Yeah. Um especially the first week or especially the first year I was teaching. Uh, I, I pretty much told myself like, just stay till four because you're going to have grading or you're going to have 
prep for the next day or the next week or whatever. You can either do it here where you're going to be productive or you can do it at home where I'm I'm just not as productive at, at home. It's just the space I'm in. So I said, just, just stay at the school, get it done now. And then you'll have more time at home to just kind of relax a little bit. But yeah, there, there's the set time of when we, when we're allowed to leave. And then there's the actual time that most teachers are leaving. Yeah. And those, depending on the school you're at, can vary you, probably about an hour is what the average is between the difference of contract time versus actual time that people are leaving. Yeah. So there, there's that wrinkle. And then the second one I've found more with working at private schools, Joe, you had mentioned last week, the idea of wearing a lot of hats, wearing more hats in this current job. That's where you are actually expected to work beyond eight to four. If you're a coach, you know, my day would start at eight and end at six, six thirty. Later, if we have a match. And if I'm on duty, my day ends anywhere between 10 p.m. and 11 p.m. So, I mean, you could, in theory, go from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., which is which is what? Uh, 15, uh, 15 hours. That's a 15 hour day. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't know if you want, we can try to crunch those numbers. Like if you're making, let's say $50,000 for, and and say you have the summers off. So $50,000 over nine months, you know, I'd be curious how that comes out. And then if you look at, you know, the per day and you look at if it's an eight hour workday versus, you know, an 11 hour work or a 15 hour workday, how much different that would be. Let's see if our math teacher can uh, give give us some, give us some numbers here. <laughs> So if if we're saying you you're making fifty thousand over nine months, that's about fifty six hundred dollars a month. Okay. Um, if you divide that by four, you're making about fourteen hundred dollars a week. Mm-hmm. But if we're getting into that, you know, closer to fifty sixty hour range, right? right. Then you're looking at about twenty three dollars an hour, whereas Which- yeah. If it's somebody who's just working the nine to five, yeah. then you're closer to like $35 an hour. Yeah. But so like a, that, lot of, I mean, a lot of teachers are being asked to be involved in clubs or right. extracurriculars. And and yeah, those, those hours go up closer to the 50, 60 hour yeah. a week range sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, this calculation was saying, let's, let's look at the getting paid for the amount of time you're quote unquote working, meaning we're not paying, we're not counting the summers, but you see how that even thins out more. If you go over the 12 months and you can argue, well, you should, you shouldn't feel like you should get compensated for those three other months. But the flip side is you deserve those three months off uh, and you should have a break there. But yeah, I think, so what'd you say? 23, 23 an hour. If you're working those sixty, yeah, those sixty-hour yeah. weeks, if it goes that long, right? Right. Also, do you find your summers are closer to three months or closer to two months? Well, we've started to to shrink our our summers with not not school starting August first, but we have to be around on August first because we start faculty meetings and stuff like that, and preseason sports start. Now we do stop in mid May, so if you combine mid you know mid May to start of August, that's, I guess, two and a half. So it's not a full three, um, which 
when you put it like that makes me kind of bummed thinking about my summer. But the fact that, yeah, the fact that there's nothing required does make it, does make it much better. And yeah, I mean, I wish it was a little longer, but frankly, we also get really long breaks in the middle of the school year as well. So I think it kind of evens out. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Ours is basically two months, but there's enough breaks throughout the year that I don't feel like I'm not refreshed when I come back for the upcoming school year. Yeah, that's never been an issue. The second thing I'm actually going to go out of order from what we prepped, Joe, is kind of what we were talking about already is things that make your day go longer than just eight to four. And a big one of those is coaching. And this gets really interesting because if you think of a coach as someone who's hired just to coach that sport, that financial package looks totally different because you've got to think about, I mean, at the high school level, it's not going to be their full-time job unless you're a football coach in Texas or something. Or maybe a full-time job. Right, right. So it's, it's going to be your side job, but the school has to make it worth it for that person to come in and teach or coach there. For the right. teachers who coach, it just gets built into the salary. And now, am I putting in as much time as a tennis coach as the football coach is putting in? No. In season. Yeah, and and we, we talked about that in, in one of our podcasts that different, not all sporting or not yeah. all uh, coaching jobs are created equal. Right. Now, in the middle of the season, it's maybe a little closer, like they might do more off-season work. But it's at the same point, it's also like I'm definitely working more than someone who's maybe a supervisor in the afternoons who just, you know, maybe is on from from four to five. But every day they're done at five. They don't have away games. They don't have matches. They go till seven o'clock or seven thirty. But that's just built into my salary. And I know it's not the compensation is not that much. But the boarding school just pitches is as your whole job is teaching dorm coaching and that whole job is compensated in this salary mm. figure and i think that's where if if you hired a coach from outside and whatever you paid him got added into my salary i'd be getting more money now right right um does your package only have you coaching one season two seasons and if you do a third season, you get a, I would call a relatively small stipend. Yeah, we're, we're required to, we're really only required to either, uh, it's either two middle school or one upper school sport because the middle school, like we said, we're, we're only yeah, coaching Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. Makes it uh, much, much easier. How many coaches are hired from outside? Very few. Oh, that's um, good. A lot of the time, like there are people that were involved at BTA and they're just not there anymore. Like the, like the basketball coach, he used to teach at BTA um, and he's now doing like the stay at home dad thing. And he is, uh, but he's still coaching. One of the, we weren't able to find a girls high school tennis coach. So, and we didn't have too many people sign up for it anyway. So I've actually taken two or three girls and they're, and we're just a co-ed team this year, which I'm oh, coaching. Okay. Yeah. And they're probably going to make it into, into my starting lineup nice. anyway. So that's pretty cool. And 
Uh, let's see here. Soccer, both boys and girls were taught by a teacher. Lacrosse is taught by someone at BTA. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty much most of the sports are taught by yeah, that's good. Somebody at BTA, which is pretty cool. So we talked about the coaching. I think the other part that maybe you could bring up to argue about teachers being underpaid is I think you talk about a teacher's salary and the idea is like their skill, their job is imparting knowledge and they're kind of getting paid for that ability. But mm-hmm. if you look at it as they are in charge of your children and this really yeah. is daycare, I think that's that's a really interesting uh, way to frame it and maybe imply that they are getting underpaid um, in any context. Because, yeah, you're taking care of a bunch of kids. I mean, they're teenagers now, but you're still in charge of them. And the school overall is doing that. But, you know, the teachers bear the brunt of that, you know, for that eight to three o'clock time period. Now, I don't have a great uh, grasp on what daycare people get paid and they might be getting underpaid too but that that wrinkle of it i think maybe is is an argument to be made for teachers getting more and it, it goes back to what we talked about last week when people are like oh i don't understand how you can do your job like i could never do that um yeah okay well if people can't do it then <laughs> maybe this is a more valuable skill that we have absolutely yeah i've uh like, like you said I, i've never felt like my job was insecure. I always feel like I have job security being a math teacher and yeah. tennis coach. Um, there aren't thousands of people pining for my job, which is always nice. But yeah, the the daycare aspect of it, if you, if you crunch the numbers, it, it's like uh, it's like pennies every hour that <laughs> that each kid is is uh, is costing to mm-hmm. to be at school. Mm-hmm. So. Let's go with this. So we've talked about what we make, uh, kind of, and and if it's enough or not. And we feel like we're pretty well compensated. On that note, though, Joe, you talked about this summer maybe, but what what side hustles have you had during your post college time where you've worked as a teacher, and and have have those been just for the fun of it, or just for a little extra cash, or because you felt like you needed to supplement your income? So there was one summer where uh back in Indiana where there was a local barbecue place. Yeah. And it ended up closing down, but I just asked, could I work here when when you guys are extra busy? And I would just work two, three hour shifts and try to get try to learn a few tricks of the trade. Mm-hmm. The the place ended up closing down relatively soon after. So Coincidence? As much as, as as much as I learned what to do, I also got an idea of what not to do. Oh, nice. Barbecue. And and I think I'm finding more and more that a barbecue restaurant just doesn't isn't feasible. I think that's one of the wow. lessons I learned from that. Uh just given the process of making it. Wait, like for anybody? I mean, there are barbecue restaurants. I know, but in, in order to make like really good barbecue. I think uh-huh. it's it's really really difficult. Yeah, I mean, like of of I mean, even when we talk about like all the places that we went to, that how many of the places that were like legitimate like restaurants that were open from like eight to midnight or, or from like noon yeah. to midnight, yeah, were that good? 
Um, but anyway, I, I, I digress. <laughs> I, I could talk all day about barbecue. Yeah, we have, um, and we will in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I worked there. There were a few times that like some parents asked if I could give kids private tennis lessons. Yeah. And I think that my going rate was much, much cheaper than <laughs> most play- than uh, like actually going to a tennis right, club. A club. Yeah. So they appreciated that. Uh, but yeah, just just little things like that. I, I've I've heard of teachers that will bartend mm-hmm. in the summers, which honestly, like if I ever got good at bartending, I think that'd be <laughs> a really awesome uh, side hustle to have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if if I feel the need, like. Maybe if I'm looking to buy a house sometime soon, mm-hmm. and we feel like we need some extra cash. I'm sure I could get involved in the side hustle there. What about as a teacher? Have there been like summer camps or anything like that that you've thought about? Uh, there's always summer school. Yeah. And back back in Indiana, that those positions actually got fa- got filled pretty quickly. And it kind of went to the people with more seniority. So Mm -hmm. even if I wanted to, I don't think I could have gotten involved in that, but I had no desire (laughs) to teach summer school at all. And, and also I, these last couple of years, summers have been transition periods where I've usually been moving somewhere. It's just been where really I'd only have like a month of time where I would be in one place to do anything. So it, it made it really tough to find a place where yeah. someone would hire you for for one month and then yeah you'd be gone. And tutoring has tutoring come up much? Whether it's you, like you've tried to offer it or if people have reached out to you asking for it, not a whole lot. I actually did a little bit in high school, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean that's definitely I, I know teachers that have done that. Yeah, and I think that the going rate for private tutoring is. You can kind of set your set your price, and, and oh, yeah, a lot of the good. time, people people will pay it. Yeah, I've got a colleague that basically almost runs like a, a tutoring business, and in the evenings, most evenings, he's giving lessons to someone. So I'm I'm sure he's doing well as far as side hustles go with that. With Arabic, there's actually some some summer camps that are like language intensive. And I did one of those before I became an Arabic teacher. I was like the counselor and the whole camp functioned. Uh, you were speaking Arabic basically the entire time. They asked for teachers and residential people to like control the dorms for those. And I've thought about that for the summers, but I'm kind of with you where I I want that time to kind of regroup and re-energize. And I think especially with the intensity of boarding school, I, I just feel a bigger need to like step away from the adolescence for a while. But that's something that's been on my radar of if I wanted to, if I needed to, that would be a place I would look for, for some cash in the summers. Yeah. T- coaching has popped up. Tutoring has popped up. I think our school just, there's a culture of that, like to help, to help the boys along. And, um, Parents have reached out to me to to tutor their their kids occasionally, not always, but um, even just like a little bit of extra help is something. And that's honestly, that's been like a tricky one for me because like part of my job is to teach, part of my job is to coach. So at which point do I say this is extra, but this is part of my job or this is beyond extra and this is something I'll do, but I expect to be compensated for it. But I think that's a 
you know, everyone kind of has to set their own boundaries with, with that kind of giving of their time. And every, every person is going to have their own idea of what they have. I've, I've heard of people who will like be a helping hand on a farm. Mm-hmm. Like you said, ca- uh, counselors at a camp, definitely what, what people do bartend, as I mentioned. Yeah. Just anything that is temporary. If you want to get involved, sure. If yeah. you're good with where you're at, enjoy the summer. AP grading. No, I don't have you. AP training yet, but that does not sound like a, a road I want to go down. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any any other financial chat, Joe, or ideas we didn't cover? I, I think we hit it. We're not going to talk about like investing your money or anything like that. There's people yeah. much, much more qualified to yeah. have that conversation. So I think maybe to tie into last week's episode about like looking for a job. I mean, this is a big, big part of it, you know, not only like, do you think it's a fair amount for like the skills you have salary wise, but also like, is it enough to live in the place you're going to be moving to? And how do teachers feel about it? Do they feel like, you know, that, that salary number might look high, but if teachers are saying like, I'm overworked, like they, they, yes, it's high salary, but for the amount they're expecting you to do, it's actually not. And on the flip side, like maybe it doesn't look like a high number, but maybe they don't expect a lot out of you outside of the teaching time period. These are all things to be thinking about as you uh, look for jobs and evaluate if it's a good job or not. All right. Yeah. All right. All well, right. you got a funny story for us? I do have a funny story. So this this last week was the first week back from spring break, and I decided I was going to have uh, a new seating chart for my for one of my middle school honors algebra classes it's all middle schoolers sixth seventh and eighth grade and um usually when especially since i i really like to have a lot of collaboration i find that um the girls communicate better with the girls and the guys communicate better with the guys so usually i have girls sitting next to girls guys sitting next to guys but this particular class the the guys were getting too rowdy it was So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have to split them up a little bit. I'm going to have to have some boys sitting next to girls. And there are two students. I'll I'll call them. Um, I'm not going to say their actual name. So let's go with uh, Cole and Macy. We'll call them Cole and Macy. Okay. Uh, I had Cole and Macy sitting next to each other. And when I said it, I actually saw uh, Cole, the, the guy, he like just collapsed and like dang it type of uh, like he, he he just looked so dejected that he had to sit next to oh okay uh, to macy <laughs> and then um i didn't think much of it i was like whatever you'll you'll figure it out and then the next day there was a student who who wasn't there the day before and he came in and he's like yeah I, I heard we had new seats uh mr brenneman do you know where i sit and i showed him where he sits like yeah, all, all I know is that Cole and Macy are sitting next to each other. And I'm like, is that was that newsworthy? Yeah, right. Is that the word going around? It was like, oh yeah, yeah, there's something going on there. And and I I try to stay out of uh-huh. middle school social angst lives. and social lives as much as possible. But like a couple students told me, like, or I, I could hear when they were coming in, like that this was a big deal that these two were sitting next to each other. So I'm I'm gathering that one of the students had a crush on the other and 
the feeling was not mutual. Oh no. So so during a break, I, I went up to one I went up to Cole. I'm like, Cole, do you want a a new seat? And he's like, Yes, yes, thank you, thank you. And then I went up I went up to Macy and I said, Macy, would you like a new seat? And she was like, she was a little bit more flexible. She's like, honestly, I I really don't care. It's it's uh-huh. not that big of a deal. And I said, okay, I'm gonna get you guys new seats. And she said, okay. And that was <laughs> and that was that. But uh I think this is the first time that that's happened to me where I had two people yeah. who uh reverse matchmaker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of my abilities. Yeah. All right, to uh to the trivia. Yeah. I've got one for you this week. This is a tough question. You might get it. See how it goes. Medium level trivia question from ChatGBT. Okay. In which European city would you find the famous painting "The Night Watch" by Rembrandt? Um, I'm gonna say Saint Petersburg. Going Saint Petersburg. Oh, you haven't looked it up yet. I haven't. I haven't typed in the answer. Yet. Oh, okay. I think that what do you this think might be is? one of the few. This might be like one of the first times that neither of us knew is like a hundred percent on the answer before you, we. I was you, gonna say like Paris. Okay. Yeah, in the Louvre. Yeah. Oh, actually, and then my second guess, Rembrandt's Dutch, right? Yeah. So, what do you think the actual answer is? And knowing it is not Saint Petersburg, <laughs> Amsterdam. It is Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, to my credit, I think. Uh, Rembrandt has art in St. Petersburg. There's that um the art building called the the Hermitage which I'm pretty sure is in St. Petersburg otherwise this is really embarrassing but I saw you pumping your fist Joe. I'm very that's, excited that's a win. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> finally. And now you finally know happened. ChatGPT is not created by me for my own success in the trivia challenges of brothers who teach. Uh, well, you, you got to throw a couple in there, otherwise it becomes too obvious. Yeah. Hey, you owe me a picture though, so I do. I get, might get a double picture on the on the post this week. Cool, cool. All right. Until next week, everyone. Learn them good. Learn them good. Yeah, let's first maybe describe our our packages in a, at least a general sense. And then we can get into where that seems like sufficient or even better than sufficient and where maybe it seems like it could be lacking a little bit.